We're about ready to begin. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Well, we just want to welcome everyone this morning. Welcome to Pleasant Grove Assembly of God, and uh, we trust and hope you had a Merry Christmas, and how good it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just have a, a, a quick announcement. Uh, we have special guests with us today. They'll get a proper introduction when Pastor comes up, but we're so glad to have Brother John and Sister Joyce Sisk with us today. Amen. They're going to be ministering in song and ministering the Word of God this morning. So uh, I just wanted to uh, prepare you for that and give you an opportunity, too, if you'd like to bless them uh, at the time of our offering, at the end of service. Our offering boxes are placed at the back. So if you want to bless them, just mark it on your offering envelope uh, to the CISC, and uh, we'll make sure that they get that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Also, don't forget, grab a bulletin. There's a lot of information. Our new year uh, coming up, a lot of things going on, our, our men's and women's Bible study coming up, uh, prayer, uh, our, our annual day of prayer and fasting. So a lot of things there. Uh, but I did want to point out, remember, there's not going to be a Wednesday night service this week. So uh, we just want to allow, again, time for you to be with your families uh, through our New Year holiday, and, and uh, we look forward to a new year and what God's going to do in our midst. Amen? Amen. Were you ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Stand if you would. We're going to pray, open in prayer. We're going to turn it over to the sis to lead us in worship this morning. Praise the Lord. Christmas Day, our celebration Christmas Day uh, passed yesterday. But how many of you know that the celebration of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, continues on? Amen. He's worthy this morning of our highest praise. Let's worship Him together. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for another day, Lord God, Father, that You have made. Lord, we rejoice in it today. We're glad in it today, Lord God. And Father, we honor You you today Lord God and we worship our Lord our Savior Jesus thank you Lord for all of your blessings Lord this Christmas season and every day Lord Father we pray your blessings upon our service today Lord that you would pour out your spirit upon us Lord God that you would minister through the sixth today Lord God touch them and use them for your glory Lord we pray that you'll minister to needs today but most of all God we pray that you would be glorified as we lift our worship to you have your way we pray in Jesus name amen amen well we just want to mention up front that some of the slides might be missing somehow when things transferred in uh, some slides might be missing Eric will do his best but uh, but it's not his fault if something's missing it's the uh, program's fault <laughs> okay but hey we are here to worship Jesus amen he is here in our midst, right? And we are going to enjoy his presence together. Praise the Lord. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. From every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah. 
here right now.
worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Hallelujah. Darkness, my God, that is who you 
Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, 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 that is who you Father, we love you and praise you. Lord Jesus, we rejoice. Even when you're silent, you're not absent. And by faith, we believe you are working in our lives. You are working all things together for good. You are untying the knots of the devil. You are removing barriers that try to hinder us from walking with you and doing your will. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Even when things look a certain way in the natural, by faith we know that's not real. The reality is you're in control and we're in your care. And you're unfolding your plan and you're working your good work. You're making things happen. You're bringing your promises to pass, watching over your word to perform it. Being faithful and taking good care of your people each and every day. We love you and we praise you. We thank you that you are the way maker of our lives. The wonderful things you've done in the past, we know you'll do them again. And like you've brought us through and you've done such marvelous things in our lives and in our families in the past, we know you haven't changed. And you'll do it again. And you'll work your wonders again. And you'll show yourself mighty and faithful and strong again. And we give you praise for that, Lord. Father, I thank you. That your eyes are on the righteous and your ears are attentive to our cries. And you know every individual, every personal struggle, every private need. And you are not a God that stands afar, but you are a God that enters in Emmanuel, God with us. You are the God that is with us and for us and working things for your will and for your glory. And Lord, with that, we find great comfort and peace. We know that we know our God is in control. He loves us, and he's working all things together for us. And for that, Lord Jesus, we say thank you. And all God's people said, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before we see it, we thank you for it. Before we see it, we thank you for it. Before we see it, we say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Woo. Amen. You may be seated. Isn't that good? Glory to God. Amen. Before we hear the good report, we say, Lord, thank you. Amen. We know he's working all things. Isn't that right? We know he's watching over his word. You know, the immature faith has to wait to see an answer. Mature faith just grabs a hold of God's promise that God can't lie. We know he's working. I might not be able to see it, but I know he's working. Amen. The report might not be what I expect, but it's not going to stay that way. God is working. Amen. What a comfort we have. God is working. Isn't that right? The news says one thing. We say, but God is working. The doctor says something. God is working. Amen. I mean, the economics come back. Well, but God is working. Amen. And I'm his child, so he's working good for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm his child. He's working good for me. Wow, it's so good to see everybody out. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. 
God bless you. Thank you so much for all your kind cards and generous gifts for everyone. We thank you so much. We appreciate Christina and I, how everything you do and how wonderful you are. And um, she always reminds me of that a million times. Don't forget to tell the people. I said, I'm not going to forget. But, but I want to get right to um, resist. We're so blessed to have them. But let's, the children, let's dismiss our children. Um, children's Church, let's dismiss so we can just turn John and Joy loose. They got a lot to do. Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're so blessed to have John and Joy Sisk with us. Um, as you know, they've been in the Netherlands now for a few years. And, you know, things are, we're going to hear about how things are going over there. Um, Europe is a little different than us with all the, the pandemic stuff. But um, every time they come, they bring rich blessings. It's a minister in music and, of course, a minister in the Word. And I always look forward to hearing Brother John preach. I mean, he just kind of, I feel like when I hear him preach, I feel like we're cut out of the same cloth. Amen just old old we not we might not be old but our style old pentecostal preaching amen just open up the book and and declare thus saith the lord and so i just want to turn it over now let's give this this a big god bless you and you guys need this there you go it's all praise god we are so excited to be with you guys today and thank you pastor for your warm welcome uh merry christmas even though it is a day after Every day is Christmas when Jesus is in your heart, isn't it? Praise the Lord. It's so true. Uh, we thank you so much for sending us to Almira, Netherlands. We're actually in our sixth year there. Uh, the city has 204,000 people. And of those folks, uh, the ethnicities represented are 192, if you can imagine. And 47 of those have been ministered to so far in our church. So we thank God. Thank God for giving us a good reach across uh, many ethnicities. You know, I want to tell you about a little miracle at our church. When we first went there, we were in debt. And also, uh, we they didn't do anything for their pastors, not a dime for their pastors. So uh, that that's not a good way to train a church, is it, Pastor? Um, a workman is worthy of his hire. And also, there was very little going out to missions. And we knew the Lord wanted that to change. Because if God's not in your wallet, then he doesn't really have you. We really believe that, and we didn't know it, but tithing had not been preached. So John preached tithing. Well, then we knew that, that it hadn't been preached. <laughs> well, that was interesting. <laughs> but anyway, the people that stayed, <laughs> uh, they, they began to tithe. Praise the Lord. And we paid off all of our debts less than a year after going there. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And, you know, modern technology is amazing. A lot of you know that we started out in missions 23 years ago. So we were pastors for about 12 years in the States. But 23 years ago, we first went to the mission field. We went to Cambodia. And there was a young guy. His name was Virak Cheya. He was our night and weekend guard because during the day he was going to Cambodia Bible Institute. And he was studying to become a pastor. And God had his hand on this young man's life. And uh, we got back in touch through Facebook. And we began to hear about what he'd been doing for the Lord. And so for a, a lot of years, he was serving in different capacities. But eight years ago, God put it on his heart to move really far from where he's from. He's from the, the capital, Phnom Penh. But he moved up to a little city called Poi Pet. It's a border city just across the border from Thailand. And children there are more likely to be sexually trafficked. So I'm glad the kids are out. Uh, they're more likely to be sexually trafficked than they are to learn to read and write. There were no schools. There was not a church. 
And his heart just was broken for that. And so he had a family of four. He found, now imagine this, he, had a, he found a 170 square foot room for them to live in. Now that, that just uh, touched me, you know, that, that they would do that. And then he found a beer garden that wasn't busy on Sunday morning. And so they sanctified it with their worship. And when it rained, they'd have to move around <laughs> to avoid, you know, the rain coming through, the, whatever was above them. And uh, But that was a, a meager beginning. But God had a plan, and he touched a lot of hearts. They were able to build a school that now reaches 300 children. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. And, uh, and they also use that for a church. So now they've got all kinds of ministries going on in this location. And a lot of the homeless kids are living in the dorm at the school. So it's just a, a multiple-layered ministry. Well, then he was telling us about Encona Dombre, a city nine miles east of Poipet. There was a, a town in similar situation. Uh, no school, no church, uh, kids being abused. And the Lord just touched their heart and said, you have to do something. So they started sending out outreach teams and began just holding little pockets of Bible studies and just trying to reach people. But they knew they had to build something. So God touched somebody else's heart and they started a structure. And eventually they hope it will be three stories. But right now, uh, he said, our goal is to get that first story completed. And he said, we need about 24,000 U.S. dollars to do that. Well, I got to tell you. You know, sometimes you hear about a need and you pray for it, and that's it. But but this need, I mean, the moment I saw it, I just felt in my heart that we were responsible. And that's what God does when it's your, when it's your job to do something for his kingdom. He will put his hand on your heart, and you know you're responsible. And our church has been saving, you know, for our own church. And I think we'd raised maybe about 175,000 euros, which is pretty great, but just a drop in the bucket of, of what we need. And uh, we took it to the leaders team and they said, 100%, we want to do this. And so we took that money out of our account that we had been saving for us. And instead we invested it where God told us to. Amen. And uh, I just got another video. I haven't even gotten to, to show it to my husband yet. Uh, yesterday during Christmas Day, the walls are already up on that first floor. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. And uh, they are going to be able to meet there like really soon. And uh, we are so excited that for the miracle. And I want to tell you, that is a miracle that God worked in our church to change hearts, that we would invest like that. And uh, so I just wanted to tell you about our, our little miracle. I know it's small compared to what God does through other churches. But for us, uh, it was quite a testimony to his greatness. Praise the Lord. The Netherlands has 17 million people and 78% will never darken the door of a church. 51% will tell you I have no faith. And when I was studying for my Dutch exams, I read in a Dutch book written about three years ago that almost nowhere do so few people believe in God as in the Netherlands. They said that about themselves. So the need is, is really great. And thank you for sending us. Thank you for your heart for people you will never meet until heaven. You are, are such an inspiration to us, and we just thank you. Uh, we often think of you, and thank God that you pray for us faithfully. And uh, we, we want to share a song in a minute, but John's going to tell you a little bit about our family. You guys always make us feel like we're home when we come to Pleasant Grove. Thank you so much. for You have a gift for that, and I often feel like I'm eating at someone else's table when I'm here, too, because of all the prayers that go up. 
in this place and from these grounds. Thank you for everything you've done to make such a difference in our lives and our ministry. You have truly uh, treated us like one of your own, and we're great. We're grateful for that. Uh, see, I I know how to marry. I married into the church <laughs> through this young lady over here. But uh, we uh, we're grateful for that. We want to just give you a quick update about Stephanie and and Sarah. Uh, because a lot of people ask a lot of time, how are the kids doing? Because they were with us for most of the time we were on the mission field. Stephanie uh, has a great job. She's the assistant director of admissions at Southeastern and uh, doing very well. God's blessed her immensely in that, uh, in that role, in that ministry. And she and her husband, Matt, have just celebrated, Matthew, but he goes by Matt, have just celebrated their second wedding anniversary. And tomorrow, thank God, they're leaving town for three days and we get to take care of legend. Our new grandson, uh, you can imagine how I felt a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night when we were at uh, our daughter's graduation. Sarah just graduated from Southeastern University with double uh, degrees, two degrees, and she graduated at the very top of her class. Uh, and I've seen the top of a class, but I've never been there. <laughs> I told her, I said, you took your, you took your uh, academic knowledge after your mom, not after me, and I'm glad of that because she uh, graduated on a full scholarship and earned every penny of it. And I thank, I thank God for that. She is, and she got hired before she even graduated. She's working in her field, and uh, she's got a major in criminal justice and a major in social work, and she's working as a social worker. She's already ministered to several families just these past couple of weeks while we've been here. She loves her work. If you want to get her talking, all you have to do is ask her one question about her job. And she'll just fill your ears and your heart with everything that she's, uh, that's going on with her. And as I mentioned, Legend, he's six months old now. And as I was sitting at graduation, I was holding him. I had just met him about 15 minutes before and then Sarah's sitting down there with her cap and gown and all of her tassels on because of her scholarships and stuff. I mean, her uh, academic awards. And then uh, a fully dressed uniformed Marine was sitting about two or three rows down from me on my left-hand side. Then they roll out, the, they bring out the uh, Stars and Stripes and sing the national anthem. And I was about ready to lose it by then because I felt so grateful. You know, we are blessed to live in this country. And... Um, well, that's all I'll say about that. I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful for America. And if you live anywhere else for very long, you will be more grateful for America. So just let that rest. Just let you ruminate on that for a moment. We we're, we're thank God for our kids and for the blessing that they are in our life, and we thank God for you. Joy, take it away. This has become a favorite song at our church, and we want to share with it, share it with you for the message. Whoa. Whoa. This Jesus that carried our shame, this Jesus who rose from the grave, the same Jesus we worship today, we worship today to us with grace and in truth still with us and still on the move the same Jesus he's making us new he's making us new I know that my redeemer lives 
I know that my Redeemer lives. He's still keeping all His promises. The same Jesus, the same Jesus. my redeemer lives i know that my redeemer lives he's still keeping all his promises the same jesus the same jesus the first and the last beginning and end at the sound of his cry all the world came alive and he formed us from dust, put his breath in our lungs. We were made for his love, but we ran from the light. But he wouldn't give up on his daughters and sons. So he took up the cross and he laid down his life. He did what he said when he rose from the dead. And he's coming back again. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. He's still keeping all his promises. The same Jesus, the same Jesus. That my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. He's still keeping all his promises. Same Jesus, the same Jesus. Whoa, whoa. Hallelujah. When Pastor mentioned that a while ago about Jesus being the same, I'll tell you, it really, it really touched my heart because the thing that I have appreciated so much about these last two years almost of COVID pandemic and not knowing what's going to happen next is the fact that Jesus never changes. I'm grateful for that. And I think the older I get, the more, even though I'm, like Pastor said, I'm not old, but the older I get, the more I appreciate that truth that he never changes. Because the world is changing like lightning around us. And uh, is, it just, is it just me? It, it feels, in the Netherlands at least, it feels like people don't know how to be kind to each other anymore. On the road, in the, in the market, I mean, I know, I know that that's not true of everybody, but it feels like that's a predominant problem in the culture now where we've just become so sharp with each other and so impatient and so ill-tempered with each other. And it's, uh, it's, it reminds me of what God said in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. When he said that, he wasn't just talking about marriage. We need each other. We need fellowship with each other. We, God did not make us 
to live in isolation. He made us to live in community. Think about it. Even the Trinity is a community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So even God doesn't isolate himself. He is in community, and we are supposed to be in community. We need each other. Amen? And the devil loves to isolate us because he knows if he isolates us, then we're an easier target. If you've ever watched like a National Geographic and you see this herd of animals in Africa, you know, and then you see one of these poor young animals falling back and you think, oh, no, he's, he's going to be lunch for some, for some tiger or some panther or whatever the case may be. And uh, you, know, you know it's coming. And uh, that's the way we are as Christians. We, we, need, we need each other. I thank God for this opportunity to be with you guys. Uh, thank you again for your, for your love and your kindness to us. We're grateful for that. And uh, we thank God for what he's doing in the churches. It's the oddest thing I've ever seen in 35 years of ministry. I've never seen anything like this because of the COVID numbers and the fear and uh, we've just gone down in a hard lockdown in the Netherlands again. And by that, that means every business is shut down except necessary businesses like grocery stores are open. But every other business is shut down. Every business, including grocery stores, has to shut down by 5 p.m., I think it is. Cannot open till 9 a.m. and is shut down by 5 p.m. And uh, if you get called out walking with anybody besides a family member, you'll be fined 150 euro. Uh, it's uh, you must wear a mask everywhere you go. Of course, before we got the vaccinations, they said if you get a vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Never, you know, it, everything just keeps changing uh, so quickly. And, and uh, so it's been a really odd experience, but we, we bask in the fact that we can always turn to Jesus Christ and that he is always the same. He's always there for us. I want to preach a message this morning entitled This Same Jesus, and there's not really a text that I can ask you to turn to because I'm going to be referring to multiple verses in the Bible, but I'm going to start in John chapter 1, verse 10. John chapter 1, verse 10 is where I'm starting. This is a different kind of message. I've never preached this type of message before, but God laid this on my heart to share with you today. So uh, I'm excited about what the Holy Spirit will speak to us and through us uh, this morning in this service. The same Jesus. As I understand, at least 351 Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The Old Testament gave us many promises about the coming Messiah. The Gospels of the New Testament tell us about Jesus' life, His teachings, His miracles, His suffering, His death, His resurrection. The book of Acts and the letters of the New Testament paint a brief history of the first decades of the church, which was birthed by Jesus. The apostles passionately obeyed their master in spreading the word and seeding the kingdom. The book of Revelation offers us a glimpse of what will happen in the end times. All through the Old Testament, we see the Messiah yet to come. In the Gospels, we see the Messiah in the flesh. He came into the world, the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. So the word became human, verse 14, and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love 
and faithfulness. The book of Revelation reveals Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Now, some people give recognition to who Jesus was, but we do not often hear about who Jesus is today. We, the church, however, proclaim the historical Jesus as the operational Jesus and as the one who is still to come. Some give uh, recognition to a baby in a manger, but not to a king on a throne. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. So when they met together, that is the disciples with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? This is post-resurrection. Jesus is about to ascend back to heaven. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here? Looking into the sky. And here is the theme of the message. This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs, that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Peter continued in his sermon, verses 31 and 32. Seeing what was ahead, David spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Verses 36 through 39. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to show that you have received forgiveness for your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Notice when they asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter didn't say, Oh, you're okay. In churches nowadays, we try to make people feel good about where they're at. We try to make people feel good about themselves. But the fact is, without Jesus Christ, none of us are okay. We all need Jesus Christ. And Peter told them unashamedly, Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. 
In Acts chapter 3, you remember the story, Peter and John healed the lame beggar. The crowds were amazed and gathered around Peter and John, so Peter seized that opportunity to point them to Jesus Christ. Of course, the priests and other Jewish religious leaders didn't appreciate it at all that Peter and John were preaching in Jesus the resurrection of the dead, Acts chapter 4, verse 2. So they arrested them and put them in jail for the night. The next day, the Jewish leaders all assembled and brought in Peter and John for questioning because, you know, it's against the law to make somebody better. We join the hearing in Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. They asked them, by what power or by what name did you do this? Oh, they should never have asked, right? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified... Whom This is the same man that had been hiding a few days before. Whom God raised from the dead. By him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you the builders. Who has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is the reason I believe in missions. This is the reason you believe in missions because we know that there is no other name. Not by Buddha. Not through Hinduism. There is no such thing as reincarnation. It is appointed unto men once to die. Not two or three or four or five times. Once to die and after that comes a judgment. After Stephen was stoned, persecution began against the church and Saul hated the Christians so much that he started waging war against the believers, dragging off men and women and putting them in prison. Saul secured permission to travel to Damascus and search for Christians there so that he could bring them back to Jerusalem and put them in prison. However, on his journey, Saul had a powerful vision of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that God has plans that we don't know about. Saul surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and became part of the growing group of Christians that he had been persecuting. Only God could do that, right? When Pastor was talking earlier about timing and work and how God is always working even when we can't see it, when we can't feel it, He's working. I remember years ago I said to my dad one time, I was kind of, a, well, I was, I was kind of whining if you want to know the truth about it. He had 40 years of pastoral experience, and I was, oh, Dad, it's rough, you know, da, 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 complaining. And a lot of my prayer time is complaining sometimes, too. I don't, I don't know about yours, but sometimes when I kneel down, I, I really worship God, and sometimes I just complain about things that are going on, you know. And God's big enough. He can handle that. But uh, this particular time I was talking to my dad and I said, you know, sometimes you feel like you're spinning your wheels or not getting anywhere. And he said, son, with God, time is never wasted. With, with God, time is never wasted. He's always accomplishing something. In Acts chapter 9, verses 19 through 22, Now for several days Paul was with the disciples who were at Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, 
He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on the name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound for the chief priest? But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Acts chapter 17, Paul and Silas were on a missionary journey and came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service. And for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, the writer wrote these words. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. This same Jesus whose birth the angel Gabriel foretold to the Virgin Mary and later in a dream to Joseph, this same Jesus is here among us in this room. This same Jesus whose arrival was proclaimed by the angels of heaven and the news spread by overjoyed shepherds and his star led the wise men to travel for months to come and worship him. This same Jesus is the same one we came to worship this morning. This same Jesus, who as a 12-year-old boy amazed religious teachers with his understanding of scriptures and who asked his frantic parents, but why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? This same Jesus is in this house today. This same Jesus about whom the John the Baptist said, I baptize those with water who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming. Listen to what he says. Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This same Jesus is still baptizing today. Hallelujah. This same Jesus is the same Jesus. When the prophet John baptized him in the Jordan River, as Jesus came up out of the water, John saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Or another version says, with whom I am well pleased. You know what struck me a few couple of years ago about this verse? And I had never realized it before. When God the Father said that he was proud of his son, his son had not done one moment of public ministry. Now, you say, what is your point? Well, my point is this. God doesn't love you because of what you can do for him. It's not about your performance. It's about your person. It's about who you are. Who you are is more important than what you can do. I hope you just heard what I said. This is the same Jesus who, when tempted by the devil in the wilderness, answered every temptation with the reply, It is written. This is the same Jesus of whom John the Baptist testified, Look, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This same Jesus is still taking away the sin of the world today. When we fall, He is the Savior. When we call, He is the answer. There is power in that name. There is power in that name. Chains are broken in that name. This is the same Jesus about whom when the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana, His mother told the servants, Do whatever He tells you. And when the servants obeyed Jesus' instructions, the water they had drawn from the well had turned into the best wine ever served at a wedding. Yes, it is the same Jesus. He can turn your water into wine, your deficiency into deliciousness, your scarcity into surplus. He can turn your shame into honor. I love that verse of Scripture that says, He who trusts in the Lord will never be ashamed. Hallelujah. This same Jesus was very angry when he saw his father's house had been turned into a marketplace. It was not supposed to be that way. It was not supposed to be a place of profit, but a place of prayer. This same Jesus made a whip and chased the merchants and money changers out of the temple because he had a passion for God's house. This same Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And it was to Nicodemus that Jesus declared the reason for his coming. He said, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This same Jesus is the one about whom John the Baptist affirmed, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. This is the same Jesus who initiated a conversation with a Samaritan woman and told her two of the greatest truths in all the Gospels. For God is spirit, he said. And so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And when the woman spoke of her hope of the Messiah coming, this same Jesus looked her in the eyes and said, I am the Messiah. Now when I read that, it sends chills down. This same Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. Can you imagine hearing the Word of God read the Word of God? The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Hallelujah. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture, he said, you've just heard, has been fulfilled this very day. This same Jesus, just as we do, had a practice of going each week to the place of worship. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the religious teachers of the law. But suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit began shouting, what are you in? Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One sent from God. Isn't it strange that demons understand before people? Jesus cut him short. Be quiet, he said. Come out of the man. At that, the evil spirit screamed through the man into a convulsion and then came out of him, and amazement gripped the audience. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever, and they told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. 
The fever left her. Of course, the word quickly spread. So that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door, the Scripture says, to watch. This is in Mark chapter 1. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and He cast out many demons. This is the same Jesus who, if we believe, will still heal and deliver people today. You believe that? This same Jesus understood the source of His power and the importance of His relationship with His Father. Because the Scripture tells us in Mark 1.35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to what? To pray. This same Jesus instructed Simon and his fishing partners to take their boats out into deeper water and let down their nets to catch some fish. Now Simon and his partners, they were professional fishermen, you know. And here is a carpenter trying to tell them how to fish. I don't know about you, but that would have gotten under my skin a bit. They had been working all night. And not the kind of fishing like this, you know. That's easy. They were hauling in the nets all night long, throwing them out, hauling them in. Throw, and now they were cleaning them. And maybe they were 90%, I don't know. I'm just imagining now. Maybe they were 90% all the most clean and about ready to set them down and walk away and get some well-earned breakfast. And here Jesus says, cast out and throw your nets down again. Well, we tried that. How many times has Pastor Zaino been up here preaching before and he says something that pricks your heart by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says you need to go to the altar and you say, no, I've tried that before. You never know when it's going to be the right time. Never give up. There's a season. There's a time for everything. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. They cast back out into water. They went out deeper. They threw their nets back in. After Simon had said, Master, we've worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Same Jesus is here right now. As he was traveling in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy, and when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. I wonder how that man felt when Jesus touched him. It's the first time he had been touched in years. This is the same Jesus whom large crowds surrounded and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people were still coming every, from everywhere to see him. This same Jesus we preach today. This same Jesus befriends those with whom many self-respecting people would never associate. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? 
When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think, somebody say think, not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. The same Jesus healed a man who had been lame for 38 years. This same Jesus called God his Father. Can you imagine that? He said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Do you know that if God says something is done, it's already done? Even if we haven't experienced it yet. The time is coming, he said, when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. This is the same Jesus whom the multitudes followed. So many, in fact, that Jesus had to take precautions so the crowd would not crush him, Mark 3 says. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God! This same Jesus warns us against inappropriate anger or looking at others with immoral thoughts in our hearts. Jesus elevated the view of marriage commitment. He significantly raised the standards for social interaction and challenged us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. This same Jesus, Matthew 6 and Matthew 7, taught us to give and pray with the proper motives. He showed us how to pray. He warned that God will not forgive us if we don't forgive others. He cautioned us regarding the dangers of wealth and worry. He told us not to judge others. He encouraged us to be persistent in prayer. He gave us the golden rule. He instructed us regarding sincerity in our faith. This same Jesus was amazed at the faith of a Roman army officer. This same Jesus interrupted a funeral to raise a life, raise to life a widow's only son. That's a great interruption, isn't it? This same Jesus forgave the sins of a very immoral woman in Luke 7. He identified as his family those who do the will of God. He taught us that we shouldn't be surprised if only 25% of those who hear our witness about Jesus actually respond positively and remain faithful. He warned us that those that often there are weeds among the wheat, but that a day will come when Jesus will sort out those who truly belong to him. And this same Jesus urged us to make the kingdom of heaven our supreme objective. This same Jesus calmed the storm with one command. He delivered two demon-possessed men. He was touched on his robe by a woman who had been suffering for 12 years, and she was immediately healed. He raised from the dead the 12-year-old daughter of a synagogue leader named Jairus. He released the tongue of the mute man. This same Jesus told us that the spiritual harvest is greater than the number of available workers. So he asked us to pray that the Lord would send more workers into his harvest fields. This same Jesus had done so many miracles, but could only do a few in his hometown of Nazareth because of their unbelief. Matthew 13. This same Jesus sent out his 12 apostles to preach that the kingdom of heaven is near. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. This same Jesus warned his disciples that many would reject their ministry and that they would face hardship and persecution. This same Jesus fed perhaps 20,000 people 
with only five small loaves of bread and two fish. And they still had 12 basket filled with leftovers. After everyone had eaten as much as they wanted, this same Jesus walked on the water, was deserted by many of his followers, and at first he seemed resistant to minister to a Gentile woman whose daughter was demon-possessed, but she persisted in her faith and was granted her request. This same Jesus healed those who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. He stuck his fingers into the ears of a deaf and mute man, then spit on his own fingers and touched the man's tongue in order to heal him. He spat on a blind man's eyes and healed him. It was this same Jesus of whom Simon Peter said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And it was this same Jesus who he told when he told the disciples that he would suffer in Jerusalem and be killed, but would rise again on the third day. He had to rebuke Peter because Peter had replied to Jesus, Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. This same Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain to pray. And as they were there, the disciples saw the kingdom of God and the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. This same Jesus assured us that anything is possible if a person believes. This same Jesus, in order to pay the temple tax for himself and for Peter, sent Peter on a fishing trip. He told him, So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. On one particular journey, the disciples were arguing about which of them was the greatest. Jesus asked them, what were you talking about on the way? And they were too ashamed to tell him, of course. Jesus told them, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never even get into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18, verse 3. This same Jesus is here right now among us. He promised, if two of you agree, here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. This is the same Jesus whose own brother ridiculed, brothers ridiculed him because they did not believe in him. This same Jesus told busy, anxious Martha that there is only one thing worth giving ourselves for, and her sister Mary had discovered it. This same Jesus told us, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and He will give you everything you need. And wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Luke chapter 12. This same Jesus was rebuked by a synagogue leader, for doing the nasty thing of healing somebody on the Sabbath day. This same Jesus healed a man who had been blind from birth. He spit on the ground, made mud with a saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. This same Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man, the bread of life, the light of the world, the I am, the gate for the sheep, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth and the life, and the true grapevine. This same Jesus shouted to a dead man, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out! The Jewish religious leaders decided that this same Jesus must be put to death because he threatened 
their power. This same Jesus became angry with his disciples when they scolded the parents for bringing their children to Jesus. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. This same Jesus invited himself to the home of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector, and Zacchaeus came to faith that day. This same Jesus is directly mentioned 91 times in the book of Acts. In his brief sermon on the day of Pentecost, Peter refers to Jesus no less than 14 times. The church leaders in the book of Acts were constantly pointing people to this same Jesus. Every time the disciples or believers performed a miracle or a healing, they did it by the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. They preached in His name. They prayed in His name. They baptized in His name. And they gathered in His name. The Apostle Paul refers to Jesus by name 219 times in his letters, along with countless other direct and indirect references. The other writers of the epistles of the New Testament refer to Jesus by name 80 times, in addition to many other direct and indirect references. This same Jesus is mentioned by name 15 times in the book of Revelation. This is the same Jesus to whom we have surrendered our lives and whom we serve. This same Jesus is watching over you, your marriage, your family. He is with your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren when they are at school or playing with their friends or when they close their eyes and sleep. This same Jesus is not just someone who lived 2,000 years ago. He is alive today. He's still moving. He is still answering prayers. He is not just the historical Jesus. He is the operational Jesus. He is working right now. He is ministering by His power. He's still moving. He's still answering prayers. He is the risen one who has overcome death, hell, and the grave. This same Jesus who came to earth the first time is coming again. And we will see His face. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together, we with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. If we will testify about Jesus Christ, if we will model the life of Jesus Christ, if we will preach Jesus Christ, if we pray in His name and meet in His name and talk in His name, then He will do wondrous things among us. This is the same Jesus. The same Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we thank You that Your Son is here right now. Your Holy Spirit is working among us and that Jesus is in this room. We thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Help us, God. Help us to see the truth of your word that this same Jesus is here with us today. Lord, we forgive us, Lord. We can... We can become so 
in a routine with our faith. We come to church and we forget to expect. We forget to expect that you can intervene in our lives, not just on Sundays, but each day of the week, and that you are with us at all times. We believe in you, Lord. We believe in you, Lord. We know that you are with us. We know that you are working. We know that you keep your word. You are the promise keeper. You are the way maker, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. Glory to you, God. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We surrender that part of our life, God, that we have been holding back on, Lord. We surrender this concern, this worry that we've had. Lord, there's something that we've perhaps been hiding back from you, Lord, but you know all about that. We surrender that to you just now, Lord. We ask you to work in our lives by your power, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you, God. same Jesus. This same Jesus. He calls to someone today. This same Jesus. He's speaking to hearts. This same Jesus. All power and authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. And this same Jesus wants to touch your life today. If you'd like special prayer, if you have a special need, or if the Lord is just really speaking something clear to you and you must respond, let's respond. Brother John's here. He wants to lay hands and pray and believe God for miracles and believe God to touch you. Maybe God's just speaking to you. Maybe you've never given your heart to Christ. Well, don't wait. Get right with God. Maybe there's something God's dealing with you. Don't put it off. Make it right now. Don't put it off. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. This same Jesus, calls to you personally loves you intimately this same Jesus knows every need knows every hidden thing this same Jesus 
is willing to forgive and willing to cleanse and willing to give you a brand new start if you'll respond, if you'll respond, if you'll respond. The same Jesus is willing to heal your brokenness, strengthen your weariness. This same Jesus wants to demonstrate his power in this service. If you'd like a touch from God or you need to respond to what God is speaking to your heart, let's come, let's come and let the man of God pray for you and let's believe God together. Come on up. Let's